It's great to be with you this morning. Um, I want to start, feel free to participate in this. You can put your favorite emoji into the chat, whatever you want to do. But in the building, I'd like you to do one of two things. Either raise your hand if it's relevant to you, or make the universal sign of I'm not getting involved in audience interaction. Thank you. So either I don't mind, and I can't see your facial expressions for the most part either, so it's absolutely fine. But very quick straw poll. How many people in the building would say that they are currently in a relationship? Okay, it's a, I'm not going to interview you. It's okay. I'm not going to come down and ask the nature of your relationship or who it's with or how long it's been. Um, but how many people in the building would say that you're not in a relationship? Interesting. Okay. That's what, again, I'm not going to interview you or, or draw attention to you at all. How many people in the building are thinking, for goodness sake, Tim, stop exploiting the stigma that society places on the word relationship. There are all sorts of different kinds of relationships. Why are you making an assumption that it's a romantic one? Anyone thinking that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interestingly, though, you all responded to that survey and had a thought in your mind of what I meant by the word relationship. For the most part, most of you will probably have thought of a romantic kind of relationship, as in I have a partner or of some description. Whereas for others of you, you may have already made assumptions about what kind of message this is. So for some single people in the room, you might have thought, he's talking about relationships, not one for me then. Some of you may have thought, brilliant, I need something about relationships this morning, um, in which case this is for you, but not necessarily in the way that you anticipate it. Because the, the reality is we have all sorts of different kinds of relationships, and I'm talking about unity in relationships. We're in the middle of a, a series at the moment about being one. And this morning, I want to talk about relationships, but about relationships as defined as the connection between two or more people or things and how they relate and interact with one another. That's what we're talking about this morning. Now, society has placed this kind of stigma associated with the word relationship to assume that it's a romantic relationship. But we know that we have all sorts of different kinds of relationships. I have a relationship with my dog. It's not a romantic relationship. I probably didn't need to clarify that. But it can be a bit of a love-hate relationship, but it's a relationship. We interact with one another at various points in various different ways. I have relationships with my kids. I have relationship with people at work. I have a, a random relationship with people that I meet in the street. I don't know if any of you have this kind of awkward social interaction periodically where you're walking past someone you've never seen before in your life, but you think, I'm not from London. I should probably acknowledge their presence. So you go, sorry for any Londoners in the room. Apologies. I just couldn't resist. But you, you just, you kind of walk past me and go, all right, and just carry on. And they might reciprocate with something. Has anyone ever had anyone answer that question? That's a weird experience, isn't it? You're not expecting an answer to that question, but some, suddenly somebody kind of throws out all sorts of personal details and information. And the worst time that that can happen is when you're on a train or somewhere where you cannot escape them. If, incidentally, if you do, if you're the kind of person who likes to mess with other people's heads, um, you could be the person who answers that question. And it's, it's quite nice to kind of have that social interaction, albeit in a very kind of awkward way. Um, but we're talking about relationships this morning. And the problem with relationships in many ways is that there is so much variety 
and so much variation and so much diversity to the extent that talking about relationships in half an hour is a little bit like trying to explain to my five-year-old son that a Lego Ninjago character is not a valid career choice. It's quite frustrating and ultimately doomed to failure. So that's what I'm not going to do this morning. I'm not going to cover all aspects of relationships today. What I am going to do, if it's okay with you, and I'm, I'm going to talk anyway, so if it's not okay with you, I'm, I'm, you, you this is going to sound really harsh, you can leave. Um, but, <laughs> but I'm going to keep talking anyway. I'm going to talk about three relationships that I think have been really hit hard in the last year and a half over the course of the pandemic, because actually this has been a really difficult time for relationships, and we know that we need relationships. Right? We know that the passage in Genesis 2 where God says it's not good for the man or woman to be alone, that is true. We know that. So I'm going to throw out some statistics at you here. We've got from... Um, this is from uh, the Campaign to End Loneliness. Have some statistics, right? In total, 45% of adults feel occasionally, sometimes, or often lonely in England. This equates to 25 million people, okay? You might be some of them. In 2016 to 2017, which is where this data is from, so for those who like to critically analyze data, okay, this is from a government survey that took place in 2016 to 2017. So this is pre-pandemic information. So it may well be that actually these statistics have changed between now and then. But in 2016 to 2017, there were 5% of adults aged 16 or over in England who reported feeling lonely often or always. And of this same group, 16% of adults reported, sorry, a further 16% of adults reported feeling lonely sometimes and 24% occasionally. Okay? A survey by Action for Children found that 43% of 17 to 25-year-olds who used their service, so it's a relatively small sample size but still gives us an indication, had experienced problems with loneliness and that of this group less than half said that they felt loved of 17 to 25%. Now, there is a group of, of, of young people who are accessing a particular service. They are coming from some quite difficult backgrounds to begin with. But there are people in society who have this experience of life. You know, Action for Children have also reported that 24% of parents that they surveyed said that they, as parents, were always lonely. 24% of parents. Now, again, parents in difficult situations and circumstances. But there are people in society around us, potentially in, in this room, and actually some of us will feel that ourselves at times. I remember being lonely as a parent at times. Not necessarily to the same extent or that the other people. And this is the, the difficulty with relationships as well. We can't compare these things. You know, you can't compare your experience with somebody else because there are so many different factors associated with it. And if we're not careful, we get into the competition that many of us play most of the time anyway about comparing my life to somebody else's and who is worse off and who has the, the greatest right to feel kind of hard done by or whatever. And that, that is, a, again, a game that is just doomed to failure. But... 
we know that relationships are important. We know that they're important for our well-being. We know they're important for our health. We know that they're important for the people around us as well as just us. And we need relationships. So for the sake of argument, again, today we're talking about relationships as in your interactions with somebody else or something else or the interaction between two different things. And it's funny at the moment because we kind of find ourselves right now in this period of time of having to re-establish the boundaries of many of our relationships. I don't know if you're experiencing this at the moment. I'm personally returning to work more often than I was, I'm coming out of the house more often than I was. We're obviously in this building more often than we have been. And we're kind of re-establishing the boundaries of relationships that we have with other people and having to choose who we interact with through government guidance. You're told to exercise your own discretion about who you interact with and how you interact with them and how you have um, those boundaries. So this morning, I want to hone in on three relationships that I think have been really hit hard over the last year or so that we need to recalibrate. Is that okay? Great, okay. So we're going to stick with this banner that we've put up here of one another, because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the relationships between one another, and we're going to keep that as the overlying principle of each of these three relationships. But first relationship that we're going to hit on that I think is the most important one to get right. And actually, if you get this relationship right, all of the other relationships in your life will be easier. Not easy, but easier. And that first relationship is your relationship with God. And the reason I pick this one is because for many of us, this is actually a relationship that's been tested in the last year and a half. Just purely by the fact that we've had a breakdown in the organizational structure that we tend to put around our relationship with God. So the fact we couldn't come into the building for church, we couldn't have corporate worship together. Even this morning, you know, we can't still sing together. And for some of us, it's been an interesting journey going through that. And it's been quite challenging, if we're honest, that it's challenged our relationship with God not necessarily from the point of view of shaking it completely, but certainly changing the way in which we go about it. I know that I struggled when we first came through lockdown, you know, not being able to meet together. And I didn't realize or fully appreciate quite how reliant I was on this context of being in the building and of worshiping together. And it challenged the way that I had to interact with God. Anyone else? It is a difficult situation. It's a difficult one. But see, we have to start here. We have to start with our relationship with God. Even in the Bible, right, it starts with our relationship with God. The order goes, God creates man. And there is a relationship between God and man. Before spouses, families, enemies, work, children, any of that stuff happens, there is a relationship between God and human beings. This is the, it's the very first relationship. And, you know, the last year and a half, there have been some great things that have come out of this issue. You know, we've had online church, we've had prayer, prayer online, we've had worship together online, we've had Zoom online, we've had um, Alpha online, there have been small groups meeting online, but all sorts of different things that we've been able to do to interact with one another and stay connected to the church that we didn't have the option of doing years and years ago, not even many years ago. But it's challenged the way that we choose to interact 
with God. And this is not universally true. Not all of you will have experienced this. Okay, Some of you will have actually grown closer to God during lockdown. Some of you will have found yourself further away at various points and then closer to God at a later stage. Some of you may even have found God in lockdown, which is fantastic. So none of these points are universally true, but they are common themes that I think we may come across at various different points. And we need a relationship with God at the center of all of our relationships. I say we need to put the one in one another. We cannot have fully fulfilling relationships with other people unless we have that relationship with God to begin with. You know, Jesus puts it when he talks about the, what is the most important, when the, I think it's the Pharisees asking, what is the most important commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. That's number one. Before anything else, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. How do we do that practically? We've got to commit. You have to commit to your relationship. You've got to commit to any relationship. For any relationship to work, you have to commit to it. You've got to communicate. How has your prayer life been throughout lockdowns? I don't know. You will know. But how has that been? How much have you been reading the Bible? How much have you been worshipping and spending time devoting it to your relationship with God? Because that is paramount and first and foremost. And sometimes we get it right, sometimes we get it wrong. But we need to put the one first in one another. And if that's you this morning, right, if what I'm saying is actually resonating with you and you think, do you know what, that's, that's me. Some of you will not be thinking that. But for some of you, if this is you this morning, embrace that. Don't move off that. Don't move on to another relationship until you have got that central and sorted Ask God to help you reignite your relationship with him this morning. You know, and you can remind yourself of the promises of God. You can remind yourself that he will never leave you or forsake you, but he will come to you. You can remind yourself that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. You can remind yourself that God himself said, if my people who are called by my name will turn from their wicked ways and humble themselves and pray, then he will hear from heaven and turn and heal their land. You know, we're coming out of restrictions, but we need healing. We need healing physically. There's obviously a pandemic still going on, but we need healing emotionally. We need healing psychologically. We need healing in so many different ways. Please prioritize talking to God, engaging with God, reminding yourselves of the promises of God. And in fact, this morning, Holy Spirit, I pray that this morning, if you are... (sighs) Holy Spirit, if you are identifying people in this room or online, Father, that you know need to come back into line with you, come back into relationship with you, Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak to them. And I pray that each person here in that situation and circumstance... God, that they will receive from you. Father, they'll be open to you, that they would know your presence here this morning. We welcome you here today. We want to put you first in every relationship that we have. Amen.
That's number one. You know, if you get that right, that will impact all of your other relationships. It really will. It may not make them completely easy. Relationships are complicated because people are complicated. And there is more than one person in most of our relationships, and that makes it even more complicated. But it will be different. Start with the one. We need God in all of our relationships. So relationship with God was number one. Relationship number two, relationship with ourselves. We haven't even got to other people yet. <laughs> Have you noticed how we're not often kind to ourselves? I know I'm not. I can be my, wor- my own worst critic. And the battle of the mind is one of the hardest fought battles that you will ever encounter. Because you can't escape yourself. I don't know if anyone's tried that. But you can't. You, you cannot get away from yourself. Um, and it is a constant recurring kind of up and down experience. And it has been throughout the, the pandemic. You know, for many of us, low self-esteem, mental ill health, anxiety, all of those sorts of things have been a bit of an up and down roller coaster and, and journey. Um, and they've all had a bit of a field day during the pandemic, if, if we're honest. And these are complex issues. So I'm not, I'm not in any way trying to trivialize any of this. I think they, they are very complex things. And, and each person, this thing with relationships, every single one of you is an individual. Every single one of us experiences things in a different way and therefore needs support and help in a different way. But we do know one who can help. We need to put Jesus first in our relationship with ourselves, in your relationship with your mind, in your relationship with how you see ourselves, how you see yourself. You know, we need to learn to love ourselves. We've had that first and greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And the second is just like it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. We need to love ourselves, and that's difficult. And there are people here who have tried that so many times and become so disillusioned with that battle and are so struggling with, the, with low self-esteem that that almost seems insurmountable, almost seems impossible. But nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible with God. So how, how do you learn to love yourself? You know, how do we do that? We've got to put God first. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Put him first, and then love yourself. What does it mean to love yourself, or what is love? We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 13, this very, very famous verse. We're going to look at it in a slightly different translation to the one that many of you will have read it in before in the Passion Translation. It says this, love is large and incredibly patient. How patient are you with yourself? Love is gentle and consistently kind to all including yourself. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love doesn't brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love doesn't traffic in shame and disrespect. What if we refused to traffic in shame and disrespect towards ourselves? How would that change your relationship with yourself and how you think about yourself? 
doesn't selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. I don't know about you, I am the most irritated person by myself that I know, and I irritate a lot of people. So it's something that I think we need to be aware of. Love joyfully celebrates honesty, finds no delight in what is wrong. Love's a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. When you suffer personal failure, never take that as defeat. Love never gives up. Patient, gentle, kind, safe, joyful. How do we do that? We put God first. We allow him in to transform us. We allow him to constantly transform us by the renewing of our minds and actually engage with him in our relationship with ourselves. So relationship with God, relationship with ourselves. Now we get to relationship with one another. And I'm going to talk about this regardless of the context of that relationship. Boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, friend, colleague, children, whatever. Okay, for whoever this is relevant for you. These have been relationships that are often under attack, that are often under stress. Some of them, it's a weird thing with this pandemic. We've had relationships that have been threatened and impacted by the fact that we can't see anybody. And then we've had relationships that have been threatened and attacked by the fact that we see other people too much. Do you not think that's weird? It's almost like I'm going to come at you from both angles and just see what happens. Um, but it's, it's funny how um, we deal with stress. Um, my wife and I have been married for 12 years. Um, she said to me this morning, you're going to kill me for this, I apologize. She said to me this morning, are there any stories in this breach that I should know about? To which I appropriately dodged that question. Um, but essentially, my wife and I have been um, married for about 12 years now, and we've discovered things about how we deal with stress. And it's a weird thing because I think everybody deals with stress in different ways. One of the things that I've discovered is that um, Rhea and I, we, we tend to deal with stress through DIY. So um, whenever there's periods of life where it's quite frustrating or difficult or we, we're struggling, we tend to paint a room. That's what we tend to do, either paint a room, sand some skirting board down, whatever. Um, throughout, just to give you a bit of a context, um, what I can tell you is that in the last 18 months, we have decorated four rooms. We have knocked a wall down between our kitchen and our dining room. We've put a new kitchen in. We've knocked all the tiles off one of the bathrooms, even though we don't have anything to replace them with. Um, and we've just started redecorating one of the original rooms that we decorated in the first place. So it's, kind of, it's got to the point where if I come home and read painting skirting boards, it's a little bit like, tough day at work? And I'm probably going to pay for that in my relationship later. So um, we're doing a second coat on the sitting room this afternoon, aren't we? That's actually not a joke. We are doing a second coat on, on the sitting room um, this afternoon. But it is funny how we deal with stress. And relationships are difficult. You know, some are good, some are bad, some are, well, most are usually a mixture of the two. Um, but we need to put them in the right context. God first, our relationship with ourselves second, then relationships with others. And actually, the relationship between ourselves and others is an equal footing. God is number one. Absolutely. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Then, Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Equal. But we need to have that priorities in order. And we need to be one with one another. So I want to hit three very, very quick things 
that we can do practically to help our relationships with each other. Having our relationship with God established first, asking him to help us with our relationship with ourselves internally and how we engage with ourselves. How do we actually enhance, rebuild, reinvigorate our relationships with one another? First thing, encourage one another. Right? 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Hebrews 10.24-25, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. And we haven't given up meeting together. That's the brilliant thing about this pandemic. We haven't given up meeting together throughout this time, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. And finally, brothers and sisters, this is 2 Corinthians 13. Rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Do you know what? In your relationships, all of your relationships, be an encourager. Encourage yourself and encourage other people. Be somebody who builds other people up. And whether you're at work or at home, or anything in between, you will find that that enhances your relationships. Doesn't matter what people say to you, doesn't matter their their attitude towards you. If you actively seek to encourage other people, you will benefit and the people around you will benefit. So encourage one another. Together, let's make the commitment to do that more often because we're never going to get it perfectly right. But make the commitment to do it more often. So encourage one another. Second one, serve one another. Galatians 5, 13 to 14, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Serve one another. What does that mean? How can I help? How can I help those around me? What can I do to put them first and me Second, serve one another. It will make such a difference. Encourage one another, serve one another, and love one another. John 13, a new command I give to you. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Relationship with God first. As I have loved you, so love one another another. Hebrews 13.1, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Romans 12.10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Remember, what do we mean by love? Patient, kind, gentle, not self-seeking, not boastful. Rejoicing in the truth. Choose to love one another. Philippians 2.1-4 sums it up quite nicely. So if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the top. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put, it, put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Can you imagine what our workplaces would be like if we did this? 
what our families would be like if we did this consistently. And it is difficult because we're imperfect people. But we need to put the one in one another first and foremost. Put Jesus at the center. Encourage one another. Serve one another. Love one another. And put Jesus at the heart of our relationships. And this will fall into place. Now, we've covered a lot of ground this morning. And there will be one or two things that stick in your mind from this message. Chances are, one or two things. Can I encourage you to actually do something about those things this week? Actually do something about those things in your relationships. Make a choice to interact differently. And I'm accountable for this because I've got my wife and some of my children sitting (laughs) here. We need to make a choice to engage in our relationships more and to bring God into our relationships more. Allow God to be central to all of those things. Father, I want to thank you for everybody here. God, I want to thank you for everyone listening online. Father, I pray that you will be at the center of our relationships, at the heart of everything that we do, of the words that we say. And Father, that your grace will be there, all sufficient for us for when we don't get it right. But God, that you empower us to make the right choice. Father, that you empower us to speak your words of love, to speak your words of peace. God, that you will fill us with your spirit so that we can be loving and gentle and kind and patient to one another. And we thank you that you care about our relationships, that each one of us is precious to you. So, Father, I pray that you bless every person here, that you bless everyone online, that you bless their relationships. And, God, as we redefine what it means to be interacting with people, Father, that your hand will be on that process. Amen. We're going to go into a video now of of a pre-recorded worship song called God With Us. Can I encourage you to take a moment to think and, and reflect and you can stand as we're, as we're going to play it. But choose to focus on God and ask him to speak to you. Start that communication. If it's for the first time, start that communication. If it's for the, however many times, choose to reestablish that conversation and dialogue with God and ask him to speak to you about one thing that you can change to impact your relationship with him, your relationship with yourself, and your relationship with those around you.